Welcome back to Basketball is Religion. I am your host, Big Matt, joined today by the Gons. Gons, how have you been? I'm good, man. A lot of stuff going down in the NBA. For example, let me get my laptop. Where's that from, from this week? That was some interesting... Um, I heard he just got fined today for that, actually. Good old Mike. Mike Brown, did you not... Um... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Mike <laughs> Brown incident. Yeah, that was really funny. Like, as far as memes goes, there was a LeBron pointing at the monitor and now Mike Brown bringing out his laptop to show uh, how his how his team was fouled over the last, like, uh, overtime game. I forgot which game that was. Do you remember? Which game was that? It was against the Bucks. It, I think that was the game winner where Dame came in at the... And, you know, he, he hit a... I think it was his... A week, maybe a couple, maybe less than a week ago, the game winner where he just pulled up at a little past half court, shot the three, and then did his little Dame time um, piece to win the game at the end. Phenomenal shot. But um, Mike Brown was right, man. That was a um, questionable cause. Very questionable. Oh, for sure, right? Like, his, the... the... Plus, the Kings aren't aren't doing as well as they are last season, so there's a sense of, of frustration there for the Kings. But I mean, Dame time still Dame time. The Bucks are still the Bucks. But yeah, really funny meme. We're gonna get a lot of usage out of that one uh, for the future for sure. All right, let's get into it. We got um, a, a trade actually happened over this past week. Actually, it's the second trade that happens, but it's the first big trade. Um, just to shout out the smaller trade, you have the Pistons trading with the Wizards. So it's a, a mid-off, as the young folks like to say. Um, you had Isaiah Livers and James Wiseman, not James Wiseman, Marvin Bagley III, going to the Washington Wizards um, for, I forget who, the other, who they traded for, but yeah, it was two of the worst teams in the league tra- trading with each other. Congratulations on making that trade, but... Um, the biggest, the bigger trade that was made, um, the over the past week is that the Indiana Pacers received Pascal Siakam and a twenty twenty four second round pick via the Pelicans. The Raptors received Bruce Brown, Jordan Nawara, Kira Lewis Jr., the twenty twenty four first round pick, a twenty a two twenty twenty four first round picks, and a twenty twenty six first round pick. And the Pelicans received cash consideration, so it's kind of just threw in their two, their two young players, uh, just to get some salary cap relief. So before I get into the Pacers analysis and Raptors analysis, what did you think about the about the trade guns? Uh, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to give up for Siakam. Uh, I, I get it. They got a young core team. They want to show Halliburton that they're about winning. I think this trade shows that. I, I, I mean, unless he resigns, I'm assuming they know he's going to resign. Then I think it was an okay trade. Now, if he leaves, man, you gave up a lot for nothing. And I guess maybe that's that's the game you play. It that's the risk you take. That's where I'm at with that one. Yeah. There were reports that Halliburton and Siakam had been in contact with each other prior to the trade regarding prior to the trade um, for, and they wanted to play together. Um, Sam Amick of The Athletic reported that Siakam wanted to land with the Pacers to play with Halliburton, also Miles Turner, who, who he was a fan of or he is still a fan of. Um, Siakam is on the last year of a thirty seven point nine million dollar contract, like you said, Johns. 
but the Pacers do inherit his bird rights, so he is eligible for a five-year, $247 million contract in the offseason per Barbie Marks of ESPN. That's nearly $50 million a season. So essentially, because they traded him, they can't offer him the Supermax, but it's still $50 million um, to, to, uh, to sign Siakam in the offseason. And you also have Halliburton as well, too. So what do you think about the Halliburton, Siakam, and I guess Evan Turner, if you're going to call it a big three, you know, pairing, where do you think that ranks um, in the Eastern Conference currently? I think it's enough. The way we've seen Milwaukee struggle, I, there's the way the way the Eastern Conference is playing. I again, the only one that I feel that is very dominant that is just stacked is Boston. But I feel like that three could compete because I think Halliburton's phenomenal, Turner's phenomenal, um, and Siakam's a good third piece, really good third piece. I I he look. Where is he coming from? Toronto, correct? Mm-hmm. Very diverse city. Lovely city. I'm not saying that we have racism in the United States, but I am saying we have racism in the United States. And I don't know how well he's going to adjust from being in Toronto. Phenomenal, diverse place. Great food. I love Toronto. I have, honest, I have family there. I would go there. I love it. I, I don't know how the adjustment's going to happen in Indiana. With that being said, he's from the Cameroon. Maybe he's not used to the very best things in life. I don't know. It's I, I, I don't know. I it, it's just mind boggling to think anyone would want to stay in Indiana. But hey, Reggie Miller did it right. Rick Smith did it. So what do I know? I mean, if your team is doing well and the management is trying to put the correct pieces around you, you're gonna hopefully stay uh, to try to build there. So. Uh, building from within, but then also getting young players like Halliburton. I know they didn't draft Halliburton, but being able to grow him along with a guy like Siakam and Turner, it's 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 good for the league to see, to show some. Uh, so it's not just the big markets like New York or LA or Miami doing well. It's good to have Indiana in this. Um, just to kind of tie a bow on Indiana's the impact that the that Siakam's going to have on Indiana. Uh, Sam Vecini of The Athletic in an article wrote about Siakam's fit in Indiana. Let's start in transition because that's where this match should be the deadliest. The Pacers play fast, averaging more than 103 possessions per game this season. The reason, in large part, is Halliburton being a dynamic lead guard as you'll find uh, as you find on the break. Um, in Siakam, the Pacers are adding one of the best transition players in the league to, to this attack. The 29-year-old remains one of the fastest bigs in the league, according from uh, going end to end and it shows in his numbers siakam averages 5.7 points per game in transition tied for a 10th in the league and his efficiency in such situations is in the top 10 uh, top 10 percent of all players he likes to play fast and the pacers play the fastest in the league now they gain a wing player who can create his own shot and will now be a primary scorer alongside one of the best point guards in the league now as negatives i see like Siakam's 29. He's going to be 30. I thought he was a little bit younger, but he was part of that, you know, that championship team with Kawhi and Halliburton's 23. So it's a little bit off. Halliburton's not quite at his peak yet. And Siakam is entering his peak. 
And also, Siakam is not the greatest defensively. He was good defensively when he was with Kawhi in Toronto, but over the past five seasons, he has shown a dip in defense. So as far as does that concern you, Gons, them being a little bit more kind of off on their timelines with with Halliburton being like six years younger than Siakam? Or is that do you not really care about that? I mean, I think it's a good mix, right? To be a contender, you can't have a bunch of young guys. I mean, he has leadership. He has experience from the playoffs. He's seasoned. That's for sure. Sure, he's on the decline a little bit. But, I mean, now you're adding some leadership to that team. Other than that, the team was fairly young. So, leadership-wise, being vocal in the locker room, I don't see how it could hurt him. Let's look at this in the Raptors' end, too. Uh, They handed the keys of the franchise to Scotty Barnes. Uh, They weren't interested in paying soon-to-be 30-year-old Siakam to a max contract, so they maximized him as an asset and traded for younger players and mainly three first-round draft picks. Uh, They also got a draft pick uh, from that Jakob Pertl trade last year. So four first-round picks that are going to be coming up within the next two years. Uh, Bruce Brown does have a $23 million team option for next season, so they can either keep him or try to get another first-round pick for him as he was a valuable role player for the NBA champion Denver Nuggets last season. Uh, General manager Masai Ujiri focused on accumulating draft picks, and he's done so with this trade. Uh, What are your thoughts on the Raptors after this? Brilliant. Do you like their plan? They're actually rebuilding like a normal team should rebuild. They're going all in on picks and young guys. I'm tired of several teams being stuck stagnant in the middle. Oh, we're gonna we want young guy. You mentioned it with the Warriors. Like move on and rebuild, and that's how you're gonna efficiently rebuild and build a great team. But when you have these teams that do this 50-50, it doesn't really work out in the end. Uh, I'm excited for the Lakers one day to rebuild, um, which is coming. It's coming very shortly, and I'm glad. That I'm, you know, I'm glad that they're doing it this way. I think it's the right way to do it. Go all in on picks, you know, and and rebuild from there. It, it, it's not a long process if you do it the right way. You know, you can get two, you get two, three picks a year, and you you hit you hit on your picks. You can have a playoff contender in two to three years. So, I think it's a great. I think the way they're doing it and the way he's handling it is phenomenal. Um, you know, he's really rebuilding, so that's great. Do you think Scotty Barnes could be a superstar level player? He's a good player. I don't know that he's a superstar player, though. But I don't yeah, think he, he has yeah. to be. And with the with all the trades they're getting picks, they're getting you know, he's a good piece. Yeah, I mean you pair him with Isaiah quickly or Emmanuel quickly. A lot of people saying we're saying that you know that's gonna be a great backcourt with RJ Barrett. It's a good solid piece, but you're right. They with all those draft picks, they're gonna have multiple swings, you know, to to land a superstar level player. Um, I haven't really looked too far into this draft, um, but it's kind of a weaker draft. But you never know. Um, Giannis came from probably one of the weakest drafts of all time, so you you could as long as you have multiple swings at different players, it's good for the Raptors. Like as far as the you, you talked about rebuilding for the Lakers. So you're saying that the D'Angelo Russell or the Lonzo Ball, uh, Ingram, Randall, that that crew was your favorite time as being a Laker fan over the past 20 years? Or 
do you prefer the LeBron AD Lakers? Look, where we're at now, I'm happy with. But this LeBron AD Lakers isn't going to win you three or four chips. I, 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 I'm one of the, I'm one of the people that's really stressed the urgency and them having to win this year. I don't think it's going to happen next year, and I think the year after that's damn near impossible. So, if I'm Palinka, make all the moves I can, trade all the assets I can, do what I can. To land a championship team now. When you're in the playoff hunt, where you're number 10, you won two good games, you got really, 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 really a lot to bargain with the way D'Lo's been playing. Great for the Lakers. Don't fall back and say, oh, hey, maybe this guy can play. He hasn't played well for the majority of the season. He's inconsistent, and he's giving you a couple good games. Use that as trade bait. Go out there. Build a contender, and this is it, Matt. I don't think I think that honestly, this is it. This is this is it. This is our last chip before we need to rebuild. I I don't I, I I disagree with anyone who says otherwise. I don't think we will be a contender next year. So you have forty-year-old LeBron, you have thirty-one-year-old Anthony Davis, and you still have a core of Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura. I we'll we'll touch on D'Lo because I have a thing to read about D'Lo. Um, yeah, and, and that crew, so as far as trading, if let's say the Lakers don't get it done. Like, okay, let's say the Lakers do get it done. They are somehow able to, with this team, win the championship. At that point, do you try to blow it up? Or do you try to win one more chip with them? Because, again, like I said, 31, 32-year-old Anthony Davis, 40-year-old LeBron. Do you try to run it back? Or at that point, even if they win the championship, do you blow it up? This team is not going to win a championship. So... You just said that they have a they have a shot, but you don't think you don't think they're gonna win the championship this season. Nope, not with this current team. Palinka needs to make some trades, especially D'Lo. D'Lo's not the right guy for us. If other All people right, gotta go, then other people gotta go. If if someone else has to go for us to get Murray, get Murray. He needs to pull a Houdini like he did last year. I know it's the same squad as last year, but this squad constructed right now is not going to win you a championship. I will put anything down on that. I but don't even know. Gonna, there'll yeah. be a first-round exit. I'll tell you that right now. Again, you said it yourself. LeBron's 40. AD's injury-prone. Yeah, okay. They played a majority of games this first half of the season. But what does that, what what that tell all the analytical people? That, and guess what? Injuries are coming in the second half of the season. That's what it tells me. So unless you have some sort of plan C or you get someone else who could consistently score, you may not even make the playoffs. If 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 LeBron or AD gets hurt right now and this is about 20 to 25 games, we're done, right? Uh yes, and yes and yeah, no. We're done. Like, we're I, done. I, I, like I want to agree. Like I part of me wants to agree with you. Like if one of our superstars gets injured, then it's over. Like, but you can kind of honestly say that about a lot of teams. Like, if if, if one of their top two stars goes down, if Embiid goes down, if Jokic goes down, if Kawhi goes down inevitably, I think, then that team's in trouble. So I think the Lakers are also in that in that vein. Um, as far as their depth goes, I think they can maintain them, you know, being down and not fall too far off. But again, that it, it's really just they how you feel about the Lakers. Fall too, they're number 10. They... they... Like the Clippers, maybe you're right. Maybe a couple of them get hurt, but they've played decent enough to buy themselves a couple games. 
what the Lakers have done is they're hanging on by a thread. So with the trade dan- trade deadline coming up, like, I don't know, man. Again, D'Lo can't carry this team. You really need to go get a Murray um, or someone else. And and if you have to give up picks, I'm okay with it because I want to focus on rebuilding when we have to rebuild. And I want to go all in on the chip. I know you may not want to give up picks or people are concerned about giving up the future. At this point, all in. Go for it. Because you do have LeBron who can pick his spots and do some magical things in the playoffs. If you have a healthy AD, great. But you're still missing a few pieces. This team right now is not going to win a championship. It, it just sucks because you look, look at the way they played in that second half versus Dallas with D'Lo actually scoring and them actually playing defense and also the first two rounds of the playoffs last year. I, it's, it's, I hate to play apologist, but I'll have to go ahead and play that part at this end. You actually have a, a healthy Jared Vanderbilt wreaking havoc on, on the wing. And then with Cam Reddish in, injured, he actually overplayed his, because he's a minimum contract guy. Now with him being injured, it kind of slots everyone in perfectly. And also Torian Prince was playing what? 30, 35 minutes a game where he should be playing close to 20, 25 minutes per game. So once everyone's kind of in their role, like as they were supposed to be before the season started, I think because of injury, they didn't quite, they couldn't quite do that until they could actually do that. Now, the only person they're really missing is Gabe Vincent. But once you get him back, then you have a point of attack person. So as much as I want to say they need to make a trade, it's like we just kind of needed everyone healthy. And I know you're a big proponent of, you know, chemistry and gelling and making sure there's consistency with the lineups. And they could, there really couldn't be any consistency with the lineups because people were injured. The only caveat is that you have, you, you've had a healthy LeBron James and you've had a healthy Anthony Davis and you're still only 500. Like that seems impossible. So a lot of that has to do with potentially coaching like you've been harping on for, for the last year and a half. Is Darvin Ham the best guy to do it? You know, it, it's it's a lot of just different factors that I want to give you know the reasons I provided as far as what the the, the positive out outlook for the Lakers going going forward. But with a trade to mess with the chemistry now, now that everyone's finally back minus Gabe Vincent. I just look at that 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 game against the Mavs and I see like the, the potential of what can be there. Like, do you not see that with this team, or is it just like you have to? I'm not falling to... for the trick. I'm not falling for yeah. two good games. Whoopee! How many bad games have I seen this season where they've broken apart, fell apart, given up leads? That 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 is why they're at with their record. I've seen all those bad games along with, with the two good ones. So I'm 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 not convinced based off two games that they're all. Everything's hunky-dory. Sure, if you had a better coach, maybe you could take this team and do something with it. But you don't. The Lakers made that clear. You're riding with Ham. So D'Lo ain't fit. D'Lo ain't the guy. And whoever else has to go has to go. AR, you got to go. You got to go. With D'Lo, are you more concerned about... Because when LeBron's on the floor, and he's on the floor for 32 to 35 minutes out of the 48... He is going to be the point guard. He is the one with the ball, right? Like, if you have LeBron James, are you really going to move him off ball? I think that was the issue with the Lakers. Like, is LeBron James going to be the point guard, or is he going to be the, be an off-ball guy? And that's the reason you kind of bring in a Russell Westbrook, because he thought he would be an off-ball guy. But it's LeBron James. The ball is going to gravitate towards him. So do you need D'Lo to be a point guard, 
or you just need him to be a point guard for the minutes that LeBron James is off the floor because at that point then you just have you know Reeves could do that for 15 minutes or like so are you looking to trade D'Lo for another point guard that's only going to be used for 12 to 15 minutes when LeBron's off the floor or something else for the Lakers I, I again yeah why does LeBron have his why does LeBron have the ball in his hand why who else is going to yeah. handle the ball who D'Lo's probably maybe a little better at taking care of the ball in regard to turnovers, but D'Lo's significantly slow, makes bad passes. The one thing D'Lo can offer is scoring, and it's very inconsistent. Austin Reeves' defensive liability, we've seen it over and over and over. We've seen it over and over and over, so we know. But other teams will be fooled right now. They will go for the Austin Reeves. They will go. They'll say D'Lo put up 29. The Lakers on that boy Ham don't know what he's doing with D'Lo. Great. Use it now. Make the trades now. now. In regards to point guard, sure, go get a guard. Go get a ball handler. Do you have to get a point guard? No. But I'm not convinced at all from the years and years I've watched D'Lo that he can guard the quick guards. He gets beat every time when he goes against quick guards. He's slow. And let's be frank, his defense is not going to get better all of a sudden because he says it is. He's getting older and older in years. And you need a good elite guard defender as well. And you're not going to get that with Austin Reeves either. Austin Reeves is good to give you some scoring off the bench. And Sure, we can use him for that, but I think he's rated a lot more valuable than what he's actually worth. So for me, everyone's on the table except Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Palinka, do what you have to do. But I, I feel like this is it. This is the year. We win. If we don't win this year, LeBron's not going to win at 41, dude. Not going to happen. So you earlier this season, you mentioned the potential Malcolm Brogdon trade for D'Angelo Russell. Is that still your main guy you'd want to trade for? Is or someone else you're kind of looking oh, at? Oh, I think we could get more. The way D'Lo's been playing as a recent, aim higher. Pack well, that's more. the thing. Like per reports per you know looking at twitter delo's trade value around the league isn't great i mean he's he has been on three teams in five seasons so it's not like he's a hot commodity especially at 18 million dollars per year um that's why in that group chat the rule posted in our group chat that um there was a deal lined up for delo rui and um a first round pick for DeJounte Murray. Yes. But then yes. the Hawks They're... wanted Austin Reeves. Give him Reeves. Lakers said no. See, yes. that's the thing. I don't want Murray is a game changer. He can score at will much better. Um, he's faster and he's a quick guard. I don't I can't remember the last time we've had a guard that's quick and very quick and fast and can move around maneuver like that. Maybe Lou Williams on the offensive side, but he didn't play well, uh, any defense for nothing. Look. Murray can put up buckets. He's. I think he'd be great if one of our stars went down. I would do that trade. The Lakers don't want to do that trade, but I think they still might do that trade. We still have another, what, three weeks before the deadline? Something may happen. Atlanta may get fed up and just take the trade because they don't want Murray. My question to you is why does Atlanta want to get rid of Murray? What's not working out there? Atlanta is what? I think they're sitting at somewhere like 14 and 21 or or like at least five to six games under five hundred. You 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 paired um, uh, Trey Trey Young and Dejounte Murray to have two ball hand two two ball handlers. However, 
Um, DeJounte Murray's defense in San Antonio was great. It's been like Pascal Siakam, his defensive numbers, unfortunately, has been going down. I think also being, you know, pairing with Trey, with Trey Young, who's not a great defender at all. Like, if anything, he's like a, one of the worst defenders in the league. Um, he's He might be good in a team sense, but individually, like trying to defend point guards, if you think that D'Angelo Russell's bad on defense, just look at Trey Young. So, and then you have support players like a, like Yandre Hunter, who is making $20 million, but is not. <laughs> he's on my, he's near, on my fantasy team. <laughs> exactly. He's not, as you know, his production is still not hey, he really gets there. Me points because there's not many other options on that team. I'll say this. I think uh, I watched Murray a lot last season. I think I, I watched him a lot when Trey was out and he can carry that team. Um, when Trey came back, he was actually the second scorer after, to Murray. And Murray was the guy that they had and gave the ball to at the end of the game. And towards that, I did see a little bit of, wait a minute, Trey wants the ball. Murray wants the ball. This may not work out. And maybe that's what's happening here. Um, but but all day, I'll take Murray if we can make that happen. But I mean, there's other players. I, I'm not saying Polinka has to get Murray. There's, there's a lot of players out there. There's a lot of teams going for draft picks. So there's options. I, it's just I'm not a GM and I don't know what entirely would fit well. Um, that's Polinka's job. I saw another for Terry Rozier. Scary Terry in Charlotte. Is that a name that moves you? No. Because of his defense? Or what's up with Terry Rozier? He could put up points. He's a yeah, so can D'Lo. I mean, it's, there's not much of an improvement there. So at that point, at that point, I agree with you. Like, why? So you're looking. Are you looking for more of a bucket getter or a defensive player? Or looking? Of course, you're both, obviously both. looking for both. But like, it's really difficult. Like a bucket getter that could also like oh like a like a Paul George, but usually a player. How that could old put a is Terry is a great Rozier? Defender. He's got to be in his what mid thirties. Twenty nine. Terry Rozier is twenty nine years old. That's not bad. I mean, Dejounte is twenty seven. Yeah, but how tall is DeJounte versus how tall is... You're going to have another short guard mm-hmm. that's going to get picked on and posted up on. It's, it's, uh, Terry was just, what, six foot, maybe? Six it, one. Oh, we know at least D'Lo has size. That's a, that's a thing yeah, with D'Lo. Yeah, with D'Lo. exactly. You'd be giving up rebounds. You'd be giving up... And, you know, D'Lo's limited low post game that he has for a, a six-foot guard. I don't want nothing to do with a six-foot guard. Unless it's yeah, Chris so- Paul. Back yeah, in the to day. Get a, to, to get a scorer, a, a microwave guy, plus a, a a guy that can also play defenses, usually those guys are, are already kind of you know taken. Like, so you're either going to get one or the other. Like, like a Zach Levine. Like, he's not going to have great defense, but his offense, he can get his own bucket. So it, it, it's tough when you want everything, but not there's not necessarily going to have a, a great fit, especially. You get it with, with Murray. I'm just saying, six, six. 6'10 wingspan, 6'5. Well, that's what I'm saying. His his defense, let's see if it's better with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Probably. No one to. plays defense when you're on a losing team. I mean, everyone's they defense. Were on, yeah, they're, yeah, they're like 500, and then they've actually started losing, losing this season. So, I mean, well, well, it, it, it's it's something you kind of have to try. I, I would give up AR plus. I love Rui, but AR Rui and then. Um, Jalen Hood Shafino for for um, Dejounte Murray. That's if they're they're willing if Atlanta is willing to do that and not how because I th- I think they wanted a first round pick too. But I wouldn't throw in a first round pick if we're going to give up and um, 
Austin Reeves. Um, all right, Gons, is there anything else you wanted to hit up before we leave today? No, man, um, that's that's good. All right, now I know we talked a lot about D'Angelo Russell, so I, I wrote something up about D'Angelo Russell. So for those who are unaware of uh, the Lakers' current starting point guard, D'Angelo Russell has had a complicated history with the Los Angeles Lakers. He was a second overall draft pick by the Lakers in the 2015 NBA draft. His rookie season coincided with Kobe's last season with the Lakers. He played okay, but the Lakers still finished 17-65. and 65. The following season, he had an incident with Nick Swaggy P. Young regarding Russell filming Swaggy P. admitting to cheating on then-girlfriend Iggy Azalea. After a down season, with team chemistry low, he was traded to the Brooklyn Nets. After jumping around to, like I said uh, in, in the pod, uh, around to th- three total teams in five seasons, D'Angelo found himself back with the Lakers last season, involved with the Russell Westbrook trade. Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports reported back in April 2023, the Lakers chose D'Angelo over veteran Mike Conley because of Russell's youth with him being 27 and Conley being 35. After Russell's arrival with the Lakers went on a uh, after Russell's arrival with the Lakers, the Lakers went on a tear and qualified for the playoffs before ultimately losing to the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. D'Angelo played well up until the Denver series where his numbers fell off a cliff, averaging only six points and making only two threes in four games. This past offseason, the Lakers re-signed Russell to a two-year, $36 million contract with a player option next season. After starting the year off well, his numbers fell off in December, leading to the Lakers fans, like the Gons, wanting to trade him. He has been trade eligible since January 15th. Um, Since his return from injury in January, he has played well, scoring 39 points against the Jazz last Saturday and 29 against the Mavs on Wednesday. So he mentions, like like we mentioned, the two good games. He's been shooting 40% from three this season, and and he's the Lakers' best pull-up three-point shooter. So if you're just having the ball and then you shoot and and you pull up for a shot as opposed to getting the ball passed and you shoot shoot it, which is a catch-and-shoot three. Um, his pace of play is deliberate, which is why he's slower than most players. Um, defense has always been bad in general. He's inconsistent with this play. He'll score 28, but the next two games he'll score 12, rather than just score you know, 18 to 22 points consistently. So yeah, so with with hit with D'Angelo being inconsistent, um, that's why Gons is fired up with regards to him needing to be traded. Part of me wants to agree with that, but I also, like I mentioned, the the, the, the with this team, with uh, Jared Vanderbilt back, with adding a Christian Wood to that, and also Cam Cam Reddish not playing, plus also adding Torian Prince to last year's team. I think with some time, with some continuity, I can see this team going far. Um, can they withstand an injury to LeBron James or Anthony Davis, which is probably inevitable at this point, inevitable as Kawhi Leonard or Paul George going down for the Clippers? I think they can, especially with the schemes. I, I know people are are wanting Darvin Ham to be fired and at some point this season. I have as well. Um, but, you know, per Lakers analytics Twitter, he's actually done fairly well with his offensive sets. Um for the rest of the season. So I have to preach patience. 
Um, I don't think one player, even DeJounte Murray's caliber, is going to quote-unquote save this team um, this season. I think you just need time. I think you need chemistry. And with the rotation and not having to adjust starting lineups or adjust rotations, just give it some time, give it some chemistry. I think the Lakers will be fine the rest of the season. Of course, that's just me now. They go on a five-game losing streak, and of course, you know, things can change, but we'll see from there. And that'll be it for us today. Uh, Kirk Goldsberry, an NBA analyst on Twitter, uh, puts out an efficiency landscape weekly which shows how teams are doing over their last 10 games per their offensive and defensive ratings. For the week ending in January 19th, 2024, the Cleveland Cavaliers are ninth in offense and second in defense, which is good enough to be the number one net rating uh, in the league and are 5-12, and 12, I'm sorry, 8 wins and 2 losses over the past 10 games. This is impressive since the Cavs are missing their starting point guard Darius Garland and their starting power forward Evan Mobley due to injury. At the end of every episode, I'll shout out the best teams of the week to get a good snapshot of the week that we're recording the podcast. So we have the the Cavs being number one, number two being the um, New Orleans Pelicans, number two on defense, number seven, I'm sorry, number two on offense, seven on defense. So it looks like they're finding their groove with Zion. And the Knicks, who traded for... OG Ananobi, everyone kind of is slotted now. They're 17th in offense, but adding a guy like OG Ananobi, who's great defensively, number one now in defense over the past 10 games. So it looks like the Knicks are riding into form. You still have the Bucks, you still have the Celtics, you still have the Sixers, and now the Knicks with OG Ananobi, and now you have the Pacers adding a guy like Pascal Siakam. You still have the Heat there. It's going to be really tough in that top echelon of the eastern conference you know to get to that second round we'll see who who makes it there because it's a definitive top three i believe and then you have your knicks your your pacers and your and the heat to see who's in that next tier the next four five six tier um so it's going to be really interesting down the stretch you have the all-star game coming up um but before that you have the trade deadline too so the trade deadline is going to happen on February 8th. We'll see if D'Angelo Russell or Austin Reeves is still with the Lakers by that time. But we anticipate some trades going down. So the Gons and I will be back every Friday um, to give you guys some analysis of the trade. So we have, uh, I think, two podcasts before the trade deadline on the 5th. So if any trades go down um, before that time, we'll definitely get it out. And then our, our podcast on the 9th, maybe we record early um, <clears throat> after the deadline ends. Um, actually, no, if the deadline ends Thursday the 8th, we'll record something on Friday the 9th of February, and we will get that going. So another good week for the NBA. It's for, we'll, we'll pod, keep track of it all. Um, this weekend is also the NFL Divisional Playoffs, uh, the NFL Divisional Round. Of course, me being a Chiefs fan, you have the, the Chiefs versus the Bills. Um, I, since this is an NFL podcast, I'll keep it short. Of course, go Chiefs. So uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for the support. We'll see you next time.